Okay, we're about to continue. Why do I have a feeling that if I would if I would know how to play guitar, I would go tonight somewhere high up overlooking a beach, but far, like it's dark, all I could see is just distant lights and stars, and I would sing with my guitar alone on the beach. That's what I would do now. I don't know what I would sing. I would just allow. Now, you can't sing, you can't play the guitar in the nine days, but that was, that's my hergish right now. It would just be a few, it would just be a few hours alone out with my guitar. I just don't know how to play the guitar. That would be that's my problem. And that's why I'm not going. In any case, um, okay, so we're going to continue the discourse that we were learning, we, we, we did part three last time, and we're going to continue part four. Now, I was planning, as mentioned earlier, to go further, um, but I got stuck. And two pages from now, I got stuck. I, I'm going to say I didn't work too hard on these pieces because I was stuck first on these two pages. That's the real reason. I managed to hammer through these two pages, hopefully, <laughs> and by the time I got over here, and I also had a busy week, I didn't get a chance to really do justice. I can't even say it's too hard to learn. It's just that I didn't really sit down, look up the sources, and really work my way through it. So what we're going to do is today is we're going to do these two pages. And if we have energy and interest and excitement, we're going to learn a different mimer, which I think will be easier and smoother to learn, which, which I didn't prepare. I just saw it. It's, this is a mimer from the Mittler Rebbe. That's a mimer from the Rebbe that he actually said on a Shabbos Chazayin that came out on Tisha B'av. So we're going to learn that just in case we have extra energy after this is done, after these two pages, as we continue plowing through this unbelievable discourse about, about the um, idea of the Kates of Mashiach. And basically, I'm not going to go through it at all. I always say I'm not going through this one for real. I'm not going through what we discussed. Just what we're discussing, just that we should know what we're, where we're picking up from, is the, the um, argument between Rabbi Yezer and Rabbi Yeshua. Rabbi Yezer says that Moshiach will not come unless the Jewish people do tshuva. Rabbi Yeshua says that the geula is going to come either, either way. Whether we do tshuva, whether we don't do tshuva, the geula is going to come. So he explained early in the Mimer why it's dependent on tshuva. And the main theme was that the coming of Mashiach is primarily a flooding of Mashiach's mind with the infinite, boundless, unknowable depth of Torah and wisdom. Uh, mainly what the Rebbe always refers to as the Torah Chadash HaMe'iti the new Torah that is going to be revealed. We learned that there's two levels of mochen. There is the mochen, the 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 chachma as we have today, which is it's called chachma ilah, the higher chachma, that's mislabish, that's enclosed b'chachma tata in the lower chachma, or in other words, it's referred to as novlos Torah shalamayla, novlos chachma shalamayla Torah. It's the droppings of the supernal chachma. It's like what, you know, you have a tree of fruits. What drops down from the fruits. And the main fruits are not going to drop. The main fruits, you have to go up on the tree and pick them. But there's some that are just going to drop. 
So whatever we're having now in Torah is the Torah's droppings of Torah. And this is the part of Torah that's meant to fix the world. This is not at all the essential, higher, innermost of the Torah. The innermost of the Torah, as the Torah is not speaking of the world, but the Torah is speaking of God and Hashem's deepest self, that's only going to be revealed when Mashiach comes. That, that um, revelation of this incommunicable ideas is related to the concept of darkness being transform, transformed to light. Because these, the, this, this Torah is so personal to God that it's not in the realm of light, it's in the realm of darkness. Darkness over here meaning too private to reveal, too personal to reveal, too high. And definitely to us, way too, way too intense for our kalim, for our vessels to receive. So in order to make that happen, that the uncommunicable depth of the Torah, as it is absolutely one with, the, with God's on an infinite level, in order for that to be revealed, we need to bring about the transformation of darkness to light. Because for that, that revelation itself is that the dark element of the Torah, the higher part of the Torah, which is dark, should come to revelation. And how do we take darkness and transform it to light? We do that through tshuva. Because tshuva takes the dark things in this world and converts it to light. So as we convert the lower darkness to light, simultaneously we cause the higher darkness to transform to light. And that's Mashiach. That's Mashiach's main objective. After he fixes the world and after he brings the redemption and after he builds the base on Middash, is to be the greatest teacher that mankind has ever had. And to endlessly teach and teach and reveal. So if that's the case, we understand inherently, Rebbe Yezer says, that the Geula cannot come without Tshuva. So now the question is, how does Rabbi Yeshua then say that the Geula could come without Tshuva? How is this darkness going to convert to light? So, which is, and the secret's going to be revealed. And that's where we left off. So now is where he picks up. In the end, so he went through last, last week, we learned how they're debating back and forth. Each one is bringing proofs to their, to their side. Rabbi Yezah keeps on proving that the Gula cannot come without tshuva. And Rabbi Yeshua keeps on proving from various different psukim verses that the Gula will come without tshuva. It's it's not dependent on tshuva. And then in the end, the last argument Rabbi Yeshua gave Rabbi Yezer is from a Pasuk in Daniel. In that Pasuk it says that um, I heard the man who is dressed in the badam, I think is white silk clothing. He says that until there will come the time of times. Which is, that's the time, of, which seems to be a fixed time. Now, if it's dependent on tshuva and God gives us free choice, there can't be a fixed time. And inherently, there can't be a fixed time because Hashem doesn't control our hearts. We need to do tshuva. And that can come anytime. 
Or chas v'shalom, it can be delayed, 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 delayed. Chas v'shalom. And if it says there is a, a moed mayad, that means there is a fixed time. Oh, Rabbi Yazar was silent. Didn't answer. So the Rebbe is going to ask over here, the middle Rebbe, why was Rabbi Yazar silent on that? And what is so new in what Rabbi Yeshua was saying right now? And how is it that Rabbi Yeshua like, was able to convince Rabbi Yazar through this idea that there is a set fixed time? What does that mean? So let's see inside. Elochoyra ain't a move and it's not understood the law. Meshasik lay Rebbe Liazor al Zeh. We're on page Chav Dalid. It's the first page on that, uh, yeah, that I gave you, that one, yeah, yeah. In the second paragraph. The Elochoyra ain't a move and it's not understood the law. Meshasik lay Rebbe Liazor al Zeh. Why did Rebbe Liazor be silent to this? Even this case, Afshatalu Bachuvim, Aisim Toivim. Maybe it's dependent. Maybe, maybe there's a set time that he's supposed to come, but only if we do tshuva. And if we don't do tshuva, then... In other words, the... the, 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 the uh, and what would be with Luchura? What does he mean to ask? If there's a set time, at that time, I think what he means to ask is, there are... Mashiach can come, and if we do tshuva early, Mashiach can come whenever we did tshuva. Alright? But then there is a time that's the last time, kind of. That Mashiach must come from them. If we don't get it by then, by doing tshuva, it's forget it, it's not going to happen. Maybe that's... Because if tshuva is an inherent ingredient, good, you're telling me there's a time, okay? So we better do tshuva before that time. If not, futsh, it's over. Expiration time. So all you proved me is an expiration time for Mashiach, but you didn't prove me that that, that he's going to come even without tshuva. Maybe that too is dependent on tshuva. That's that's what I think the question is. Um, uh, if it's going to be held back, uh, if he means what I am saying, it will never come. That he should say that. If it's going to be held back even longer. Oh, so maybe it's the opposite. Why do you have it? You have it. I gave it. Bring it to me. Oh, you kavav, it doesn't have chavdalit? Ah, look at that. Try to jip you off. Um, no, so I think maybe I'm, maybe I'm understanding the question wrong. So let's reverse it and let's present the question differently. It seems like it's an impossibility that Mashiach will never come. So that can't even be that Rebbe that, that Eliezer is suggesting that maybe, that the Mitla Rebbe is suggesting that that should be the idea. Maybe, because from his words, maybe it means like this. The fact that there is a set time means that no matter how much tshuva we do, Mashiach can't come until that set time. There's a time, a period of time that we have to be in exile. There's a mayad mayad that must come. That uh, Mashiach can come before that, by then he can come. Now, but even then, if we do tshuva, then he'll come then. If we don't do tshuva, then he'll be... Now, before that time, even normal tshuva will not make it happen. Maybe only extraordinary crazy tshuva. But ordinary tshuva will not, will not make it happen before that time. But once that time comes, regular tshuva will make it happen. And if we don't do tshuva, it's 
going to keep on getting pushed until we get the tshuva done. In other words, there's nothing holding, from the time, nothing is holding back until we get tshuva done. That could be the difference. So how do we see from this that in Daniel, it says a set time, how do we see that, it, that Moshiach will come even without tshuva once the time comes? That's the question. Achin, you know, the idea is as follows. Liyois, since the shoyrish p'chenesa keitz azed the Daniel, the root of the keitz of Daniel, of this end date of Daniel, meramiz al p'chenesa tzimtzum arisho. This is indicating on the first tzimtzum, on the first contracting power. Shenimshach p'chenas kava mida, in which... We know that initially, as it explains in, in Kabbalah, that initially God's light filled the entire existence. All of existence was filled with, the, or, with, with Hashem's light. And as a result of that, it couldn't, there was no room for anything other to exist but Hashem. Then Hashem r- removed His light, which means His revealed presence. He didn't remove His presence, but He removed His light, which means His revealed presence from within a certain space. He created, so to speak, a space that is void, that He is not present. And in that space, Hashem creates all of existence within that space. How does He create within that space? He reintroduces His light into the empty void, but the manner in which He reintroduces it is through a narrow thread. So now the energy that's flowing into creation is not overwhelming. It doesn't spill everywhere. It is focused, it is defined, and it gives just enough to create beings that also have space, also have a, a place to be. Okay? That's the idea. So the whole point of so the, what he's saying over here is the root of what it speaks about in Daniel, that there is a Kate's, is really rooted in the power, in the restraint. What's the Tzimtzum Arishon? The Tzimtzum Arishon is really a restraining power. It restrains the energy. And, and it has two different phases. Phase number one of restraining God's power, Hashem's projected light, overwhelming projected energy and presence. So this acts as a counterpower to hold the energy back from revealing itself. So it has two stages. Its first stage is a complete blockage on God's light. It removes, it, 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 it totally obscures the infinite from revealing itself. To the point that what's left over where there was once light is a, is a Complete void and emptiness, nothing. So that's stage number one. That's called Simtsum Harishon, the first Simtsum. Then the second phase of this restraining power, it's a continuation of the restraining power, is that what? Then when Hashem reintroduces Himself, His revealed presence, into this space that was created, it's being, the light that's being introduced is being filtered. It's being restrained. The nature of the light is to spread everywhere, to be infinite. It's coming in in a restricted manner. And those restrictions get stronger and stronger and stronger, meaning more, more intense, meaning 
they're, they're impacting the light stronger and stronger, meaning diminishing the energy more and more. Diminishing the revelation more and more. So the revelation of God becomes weaker and weaker and weaker, weaker as we progress through the various rungs of creation, the various dimensions of existence, until we get to the latter point of creation, which is the physical world. Where over here, Hashem's light is blocked to the most. His energy is concealed, limited, reduced to the most, and blocked to the most. And we have complete concealment to the point that we can ignore God, we can even question if God exists. That's how much Hashem's light is diminished down here. So what do we see over here? The whole system of creation is a system of dual powers. Both God, but two opposite powers. One is the expression of God. Because what creates is not the restriction. What creates is the expression of Hashem. Hashem's expressed power to make and to create, to produce something. But along with that, if, if the power would just be creative energy of expression, then it would be infinite expression, and it wouldn't be a creation. So along with the expression of God comes along a counter-expression, a, lim- a limiting Okay, So when Daniel is speaking about a man who is involved in measuring, Levush Abadim, he's a person who's... That, if you, if, that's really Gavriel. Gavriel represents Gevura. And if you trace the angel of Gabriel, Gavriel, all the way up to his source of source, you're going through various levels of restraining powers that there are in God. Restraining powers. Higher and higher and higher. Until you reach the original restraining power, which is the first tzimtzum. It's the first cover-up on God's light, concealment of God's light. Once we see this idea, that, and, and, so what is the function of this restraining power? The function of the restraining power is to set boundaries and limitations. Now, the Rebbe is going to explain, just like it sets boundaries and limitations on the creative energy of God, it sets boundaries and creations to, on limitations on every world and every existence of how exactly it should exist based on how much input there is going to be of Hashem's energy. It, it, so it's diminishing the voltage, so to speak, less and less and less. So it's setting limitations on each creature. In other words, the creatures that are receiving more energy, the beings, of the more spiritual beings, they have far greater powers. Like angels can have enormous speed or their knowledge is way beyond our knowledge. We, we are slow pokes compared to Malachim and everything we do. And, we're, 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 and we are very, very limited in our intelligence, in our emotions. Angels have intense emotions, far, far more intense than we do. And every experience of there is extremely intense because they have more divine energy in them. Okay? So this is the system. So the Rebbe is going to say, as it limits everything, it also puts limitations on the dark stuff. God also allowed for dark things to exist and for evil to exist. He creates them. But it's this very same measuring power that sets an expiration date on that on, on the evil and on the limitation, on the, on the, on the uh, other side, the side of unholiness. And therefore, there is a certain point where even without our Torah and mitzvahs, even without our tshuva, they, have, they expire. 
And based on this idea, he's going to explain Rabbi Yeshua's, Rabbi Yeshua's opinion. So let's read it inside. So there is the Bibchinas Keitzazeda Daniel Meramis. This is in, uh, hinting to a Bibchinas Atzimtzum Arishon on the first power of Tzimtzum, the first Tzimtzum Shenimshach, which we know as as a result of that power of Tzimtzum, the first Tzimtzum Shenimshach later in the aftermath of the Tzimtzum was drawn Bibchinas Kav Hamida, a measure, a line. Kav means a line. But it's a measuring line. Shemodeid that measures kol shall the entire progression, chain-like progression of all the worlds, the abiya of the four worlds, which are called atzilus, the world of emanation, bria, the world of creation, yetzira, the world of formation, and asiya, the world of completion, bigvulim vishiur. It sets everything in limit in, in limitations, the sheer and set amounts. Apkan, till here you may come, the sulai and no more. Kiinyan, like the idea of shame shakai. The name Shin Dalid Yud. We know one of God's name is Shin Dalid Yud, which can really be read as She Dai. Enough. So Rashi says. It's because when God was creating the worlds, the heavens were expanding endlessly until Hashem said, die, enough. Or like Yaakov Avinu said, Misha Omar la'olomoi die, the one that said to his world, enough. Yoimar should say, litzairosai to my tsaris, die, enough. Now if you think about it, Yaakov Avinu is exactly saying this point. If there is set boundaries to the world of holiness, shouldn't be there be set boundaries to the suffering, to the other side, to the negative stuff? They should also be limited. Why are they going on forever? It's like we say in Eicha, we shouldn't, this year hopefully we're going to sing and dance it, but what do we say in Eicha? We say, uh, Are you going to forget us Forever. It's like, is this madness going to go on eternally? And you see, we wonder about it. We know it can't. It seems like it's going on forever, but we know it can't. Because it has to have an end. And that's the idea. That Hashem, the power of Shakai, what does it do? Shedai. It's a limiting power. If the light would... And that power is the power of Gevura that, count, that counters the Chesed. If the lights would continue evolving in a, in a state of only pure chesed, pure kindness, the kava yamin, which is the which is the column on the right side, the right side is chesed. So if chesed would have been given unchecked power, then the chesed would just flood existence. And then it would be a direct light. Direct light means there's no light, in, there's no blockages in its path. So the light is extending directly outward. Sheyoyre, it would go, from higher to lower. But it would go, the, the revelation would be on every level, would be the infinite revealing itself. So as far as you would go, even hypothetically to lower worlds, you would still have the revelation of the infinite. And there would not be able to be a world. 
then you would have the revelation of the light of the essence, the Ein Sof of the Infinite One, Lamata below, Kamoy Lamayla, like above. The worlds wouldn't be created like this. Like, see, the worlds are created like an upside down paradigm, like down, like this, less and less and less. But it would be just like it's up there, so it would be down here. I don't even know what. What would be the content of down? Then everything would be up. But I'm not a, whatever. The idea is it, there would be a uniform revelation in all of existence. Like it says in Eitzchayim, that initially when the light went unchecked, Taka when the light did not have, before the Tzimtzum, when there was no Gevura, so you only had Chesed. So what happened? Then Hashem's light, infinite presence, filled the entire space, which is currently creation. He filled it with His light. But when the first Tzimtzum strengthened itself to overpower the power of revelation, when the power of constriction and limitation overpowered the power of, of, of revelation, what did it accomplish? That would not allow the light. It only allowed the light to emerge in a measured way. That it shouldn't be drawn forth only in accordance to how the emanator wants. That means that what what did Hashem want? Hashem wanted a world where we have free will. And Hashem also wanted a whole bunch of intermediary worlds where they don't have mamish free will like us, but they're kind of on their way towards free will. So Hashem, exactly in accordance of how God wants the world to be, in accordance to that, the, the, the restricting energy restricts the revelation. It keeps it in check. According to the will of the emanator, who's the emanator? Gashem. And that affects both the lights. It also affects the vessels. That means, in the higher, higher, higher worlds, in the, in, in the very high levels of existence, the lights are far brighter and far more intense. As we go lower, there is less light and less intensity to them and, and, and weaker or dimmer. And the other thing, also the kalim. In the higher realms, the vessels are more refined and more expansive and so forth. And as we go lower, the, the vessels are chunkier and thicker. So both. It's not the same vessels and not the same lights. And what's causing these changes in the lights and in the vessels, which is really the, is the power of the tzimtzum that's measuring everything else and sets a, a limit. Hamagbilem or which is the kalim that amagbil the light. Now, we shouldn't think that this measuring is only impacting the, the direct, the internalizing light. Because we know the whole system of creation is set up with a system of makif, where God's light is soviv kalam, and it, it, it encompasses everything. Circles, so to speak. There's many levels of igulim of circles, of spheres. And then there is lines. Now we understand a line is what? A line by its... We can understand that as a line is extending, you can see the line getting thinner and thinner and thinner and thinner. But the circles, 
the idea of a circle is kind of like the sphere is that it's everything is equal in a circle. So we would think that in the in the makifim, perhaps it's the light of Hashem as is, unrestricted and unlimited by this filtration process. So he says no. Even in the makifim, there's lots of levels of makif, and the higher igulim are far more energy to them and far higher than the lower makifim, than the lower circles, than the lower spheres. The gam, the makifim, and even in the letters of the makif, yesh mida ushir, there is a measurement and there is a set amount, kiyadua bezoyar, as stated in Zohar, shenikra, that this, that this um, limiting power, this power that sets limitations to everything is called the miskala. It's called a scale. Because it scales like a scale that's giving exact measure. As stated in part of the Zohar, which is called Sifra Miskala, The Zohar says, prior to the Miskala, before there was this scale, then things were different. It's also called Mishchasa. Now exactly what the translation of Mishchasa means, I don't know. Oi, or another one, it's called Baitsina the Kadrenusa. The Kadre, the, the Kadre, oh, it's wrong. The Kardunisa. Baitsina the Kardunisa. What does that mean? The dark lamp. The dark lamp means, I know you would like that, that's a cool word. The dark lamp, it's the, it's the power that darkens the lamp. That's how we'll understand it now. There's a lamp the lights, but this is the power to darken all lights. And this is what it says, who measured who measured water? And I don't know the translation of the word right now. Um, but, I, but it's talking about a measuring power that's measuring the waters, which, which mayim really means chesed. So it's measuring the chesed, how much expression, how much. Now, which Naturally, the 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 the, the, um, the if you're not careful, the uh, the instinctive Rosh uh, uh, um, of base kof was ubasko, but over here it doesn't mean ubasko. Ubaitsina kadrinusaze, and this dark lamp, who hamoideid kol medida. This is what measures all measurements ba'abiyah in atzilus priya yetsiranasiya. This is the source of all these measurings. Ad malchus de malchus de asiyah. Until, in each, when it's standing, all four worlds, we understand, are different. Atzilus has far more expansive revelation. Bria less, Yitzirah. And within each world itself, the spheros are set up in a system that Chachma, which is the highest, or Keser, has infinitely more light than Chachma. And Chachma has so much more than Bina. And Bina's and Bina more than the six emotions that come. So it gets dimmer as we go later. And even the Chesed Gevurah Teferis are much stronger than the Chagas. Than, um, than uh, I'm sorry, Nehi, Netzachod Yisot, weaker. And Malchus even less. The light gets diminished. So what is, where is God's energy the most limited in? the most diminished, in the world of Asiya. And in the world of Asiya, in Malchus of Asiya, because Malchus is the lowest sphera, it's the lowest attribute. 
And in Malchus itself, we know that Malchus contains all ten spheroids. There's Chachma of Malchus and Bina of Malchus. So where is the light and the energy of God most hidden and most constricted and most diminished? In Malchus, the Malchus of Asiya. And by the way, what's Malchus, the Malchus, the Asiya? That's, the, that's where all the energy is released from into the physical universe. Higher than Malchus, the Malchus, the Asiya is spiritual worlds. So Malchus, the Malchus, the Asiya, which is the lowest point that's responsible for the physical universe, and we're talking the cosmos, everything that there is. That's the mal- and in order to get to that, we have all these reductions of reductions of reductions of reductions endlessly, and it's the, the, the most diminished in Malchus, the Malchus of Asiya. In the end of the world of Asiya. Nikra, and now this Baitsina Kadrinusa, this dark lamp, Nikra Kates Hayomin. It's called the Kates, the end of the right side. Kates Hayomin. Why? Why is it called the end of the right side? Because it limits the power of the right side. The right side is Chesed. So it limits the Chesed, it filters the Chesed. So it gives a Kates. To the, to the Yamin. Otherwise, the Yamin of Hashem, which is Hashem's right hand, which is His kindness, would be overwhelming. It gives a limitation and a boundary. Into the Chesed. The Yamin Elyon of the supernal right side. Because Hashem loves, because Hashem desires kindness, because Hashem wants to give so much. Viraf chesedu, and he's abundant with kindness. Bibchinas ain't sof, in a state of ain't sof. Lehispashtusoi, limitless expansion of giving. Hoyahakoil, bilti shir, umidaklau. Everything would be without a limit and without a measure. So therefore, there has to be a measure. And he's actually saying that this power of restricting, even though it's anti chesed, because chesed is the power to express. And this is the power to non-express, to hold back. But it's really chesed. Because if you're going to give to someone and you're going to flood them, then you're not being kind to them. Then you're just into yourself. You're into giving, but you're not really kind to the person because you have to consider the recipient. So this level, it's called gevura sheba chesed. Because it's part of chesed, but it's the gevura element in chesed. It's the power to restrict the chesed. And this dark lamp, it's gevura of chesed. Now it's the, this is the primary power. This is more chesed than in, 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 in content. This is the deeper chesed. More even than the chesed sheba chesed. Why? This allows for the, for the beings... To, to hold out, to be, um, to, uh, to, to, to be able to withstand, right? The Metzias, in order that they should be able to continue existing in existence, his havas dover ma, they should be something, they should have a reality. And they should not be otherwise nullified in their source. Because if their source would be revealed to them, if God's creative energy would be revealed to us, we would right away immediately become not in his presence. We would be canceled in his presence. 
So therefore, the kindness itself calls for Hashem holding himself back. That's the Gevur Shebeches. That's one possibility. Either we would be nullified in his light, or the other possibility, if Chesed would go unchecked, is that we would be infinite. And that wouldn't either be too good. Because if you would have a headache, you would have an infinite headache. So that's not too good. Or everything would be. Again, one of the two. Either we wouldn't even begin to exist because we would be nullified in the creative energy. Or the creative energy would somehow not nullify us, but if it wouldn't be limited, it would expand our balloon. It would be like a power blowing us up. How big? Infinite. So we would have no end to our existence, which is not either according to the Kavana. We're just right the way we are. So therefore, there needs to be this symptom. Things would have not been in a state of Gavul. So automatically, it's understood for this. Oh, now, once we see, now that Rebbe is going to say an interesting Nakuda, he says, in addition, now, once we see this power of limitation, that's setting limits everywhere, if it's limiting on the outside in creation, it means that Hashem already set the limitation in Himself as well. Because it's from within that... In other words, when Hashem is imagining the world, being that He's infinite, shouldn't all of His imaginations be of an infinite ability? So if Hashem is imagining us with His true infinity, then we then in, if in our imagination we would be infinite, then... That's the blueprint that would be printed out in the in the. Uh, it's like it's like whatever you have in the original is going to be is going to be copied in the copy, and the original is still inside of him. So he says that he gives this sheer this um, limit or this measure bekoach in his potential koidim sheyimtza bepoyel. Before it translates into poil, into action. If in the potential there would not be a source for this limitation. And in the concealment of the essence of the infinite being. Then it wouldn't translate, it wouldn't be printed into creation these, these limitations. So he first summarizes the limitations in himself, which is even a bigger chiddush. The fact that he can limit a creation that he's creating is not such a big chiddush that he can set limitations in himself. Who be'etzem, God has no limits, but he can set limitations in, in himself so that when he projects his idea, it's measured. It's like the idea that, you know, sometimes you want something. You want to build a house. Or you want to build, do something. And you have, or you want to write a book. Or you want to give a shear. Or you want to give a speech. Or whatever it is. And, 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 and you, 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 you're preparing for it. And, and as much as you're preparing or gathering stuff or to prepare for it, or, or I didn't, there's always that urge, oh, I want it even better, 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 and you're like, 
and, 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 and you're never going to start. And you never get the project done. Because it's not, it's not... So you have to have a self-restricting to restrict it. And say, this is it, what I'm doing. I, I want to have like more rooms in my house, but I'm, I'm setting it within this. Because if I... If I, and if I, I mean, everybody has to have that. People that don't have it never get anything done. They have dreams. There are people like that. There are people like that who so much want to make everything so infinitely good. Everything they do, they don't, get, they don't start doing anything. Because everything, they have the ideal, the ideal dream of it being the most, most, and as much as they create, they even have an idea to make it even better. And even better. And, even, and people want to help them again. And it's even better. It grows. It doesn't go. So you have to have a power to set and say, Zehu Zeh. Now, if that's true by us, how much you know by your God, by Hashem, it's ain't self. Truly ain't self. So, uh, there would not be this measurement. And this idea that Hashem, that Hashem um, first measured within Himself and then projects that print that He printed within Himself out into the creation is stated in the Zohar. The Zohar, this is what it says in the Zohar, the Golith Glifu Betahara Ilah. That in the supernal purity, what does the supernal purity mean? Purity means where there is no, there's nothing there to be pure. Which means where there is no design, where there is no image, where there is no limitation, where God is as infinite as infinite as possible. It's, 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 ancient, it's, 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 it's pure from any design. Hashem carved out carvings within Himself. Hashem made a a a a a a, uh, a a a set image. He carved out within himself. This is the meaning of that is that Hashem summarized within himself or eval- or evaluated within himself in potential. What is they going to be eventually within the world? So this power to do that, that's called the dark, the dark lamp. Now once we recognize and acknowledge this power of limitation, so this thing that Rabbi Yeshua is going to apply, this is what Daniel is talking about, that there is a measure, and if there's a measure, there's going to be a measure for the other side as well. And that's what he begins over here. Here it is known that one opposite the other God did. And just like there is a measured measure in the light of holiness, based on the kav hamida, on the measuring uh, tool, as we mentioned earlier, the same is also in the chitzonius. What is the chitzonius? The same is also in the external, the acharayim, and in the backside. Shebechitzonius hakelim the esesfiros shebekedusha. That the same is also in the external. So what is the external? We're holding in the three lines before the end of this page. 
So it will be done in this, this page anyways in a minute. You can take the chavav that she had earlier. So the same is also You have chavav? That's good. So the same is also in the external structure. What's the external structure? The external structure is where the external is where the clip is the clipper. The clip is called chitzonius. They're the outside. And they're the backside. First of all, they're external. And they're also on the back, the hind side. That is the most external. This measuring power measures all the way into the inner, inner, deepest points of existence. But it also ex- extends its influence and its power into the most external range of existence. That is in the external vessels. The of the ten spheroids of holiness. Which the backside and the external of the vessels of holiness are where the klipas, the unholy, latch themselves onto. That's what feeds them. Kedusha is being fed by the pnimias, by the inner lights, by the internal element of the spherot, of the attributes. But in the acharayim and in the back, that's where the klipa, the unholy, receives their vitality. Nimshach midavakitzvah. So even on the energies that are flowing on the back, on the most, is also drawn a measure and a limitation to the deriving energy of the sitra achra. The sitra achra means the other side. This is the entire positioning and standing of the evolving order because klipa also exists on many levels of klipa. But the entire structure of all these um, uh, forces of klipa, klipa again means the unholy, the shells. All these things, the klipas noga, of klipas noga, which exists on all four worlds. Klipas noga is the primary klipa. There's the three impure klipas, they're at the very, 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 very bottom. They occupy a tiny little bit of space at the very bottom, a tiny sliver. Above that, there's a lot of space for klipas noga. And Slipas Noga is in the world of Atsilus. There is already, there's already corresponding to the world of Atsilus, there is already Klipas Noga. And there is in, corresponding to the world of Bria, there is Klipa. And in corresponding to Yetzirah, in each world there is the Klipa. And obviously the Klipa is denser and thicker and, and harsher the lower you go. The more, the more ignorant it becomes, the more. Uh, uh, ungodly, the more concealing it becomes, the more, right? But whatever it is, Hashem set a measure and an order how much power it should have on each level. And we know that they're even in Atzilus, as it is known. Now we turn over the page to Chavav. The Iker Sharsham, their main root, who smoil. Klipa is much stronger on the left side. That explains a lot in, in the politics of the world today. The klipa is much stronger on the side, even though there is klipa on the right, but their main yenika, their main deriving on energy is from the left. Why? Because klipas come from, what, 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 from, from divine concealment. Whereas the, where there is divine revelation, 
then, 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 then there is enlightenment. If there's enlightenment, you can't be a klipa. You can't be one who ignores God and, and is anti-God and anti- if, if, if Hashem is, is, is buzzing himself into you. If he's, he's so powerfully emanating onto you, you can't. Right? Once there is divine revelation. So therefore, the right side is revelation. The left side is restriction. So we can understand how the left side, which is the side of Gevura, is where the main klipas derive their energy from. Now, they're, they're deriving on the left side. The left side itself is holy. It's Gevura. But it's, it's, it's Gevura of holiness. But where they come, the klipas, they're kipsoiles. They're like the, 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 the filth. Hanimshach misarois. If you look in the human being, where is there the most the power of gvura very strong in the human body? Is in the hair. Because the life flow in the body is very chesedic. It flows in a very expansive way. But when it comes to the hair, the life also continues, but very narrow, very constricted. So that's what gvura is, constriction. So what taka happens in a person's hair? We, Baruch Hashem, today's days have very good hygiene. We constantly shower because it's easy for us to have. We have access to it. So Baruch Hashem, we have clean hair. But if you don't shower for a little while, and in the olden days when it was hard to bathe all the time, people got a lot of lice and all kinds of stuff in their hair. That means that the kalipa, these, these undesirable stuff, they, 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 they decide, they, but where do they go? It's, it wasn't so quick to have body lice than to have hair lice. They hang out by the hair because that's where the tzimtzum is. That's where the gavura is. And also on the hands, so where is the gavura? In the fingers. Because the energy is becoming very narrow. So at the tip of the fingers, there is the nails. And at the very end of the nails, the filth goes under the nails. And basically, you would say it's just filth, but really we know it's bacteria and all that stuff that get there. So these are living organisms that are living where? Under, in the nails and so on and so forth. So this is all a, just like it is in our physical bodies, so it is in the huge, humongous spiritual being, the Odoma Elion, the supernal man, God, that in, that in his hair, so to speak, and in his nails, that's where the klipa comes and derives their energy. But we shouldn't think that they can have a party forever. We shouldn't think to have an infinite access to that just because... Because even over there, he's explaining, Kates, there is, there is a set um, amount that they can receive and also a set time for their existence. Um, and the like. The Alkane Omar, because the here is so vulnerable for, for Klippa, that's why by a woman it says, she should shave her head. We're talking about the woman, the, the, the woman that was taken in captivity. When the soldiers went to fight, they saw this beautiful Gentile woman. They took her to captivity. They wanted to the man. The soldier, the soldier wants to marry her. In the process of her purification period, she has to shave her hair. The reason why she has to shave her hair is because she has to shake herself off of all the klipos that are part of her previous life. Where are they hanging out? Are primarily in her in her, in her hair. Now she has to cut her nails as well. And the point over there is that's that, it's that that's the idea. The sar beisha erva, because by a woman we also know even not just by every woman a married woman is supposed to have her hair covered. 
And the reason for that is because the chitzonim get to her here, not by a man, because a man is not so gavuradig. A woman is gavuradig. A woman, because a woman is all about detail, so a woman has to be gavuradig. If 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 men are just about general general generality, and because the general that, that that's the energy of chesed, the energy of chesed like flows, but they can't get anything done in this world without a woman because they don't have the power to to detail things. So detail is gavura. So the woman has gavura. That's why she has a power of bina, which is all the power of gavura. But where it gets too much gavura, when it gets too much gavura, it gets very unhealthy. And that's where the klipas get in. So, as the Zayar says, in the here, they grasp onto. And that's why we had another group of people that had to shave their heads. And they're here, was the Levites. Because we know that the Levium are energies, they're energies on the left side. That's why they're compared to fire, that's why they sing. The left is all about yearning, it's, re, it's returning energy, re, going back up to the source. The Levium are from the side of Gevura. The Kohanim are from the side of the Chesed. That's why it says Korach was jealous of the Kohanim, that the Kohanim didn't have to shave their heads. And they're here. And, uh, and, and the Levium had to do it. Only a one-time thing. Only when they purified the Levium for the first time, all the Levium were shaven, every hair in their body had to be removed. So Korach's wife said, look, he turned, made, you made a laughing stock out of you. And his brother Aaron, he has a nice long beard, and he never made him do that. So she complained. She, got him, she, got, she, she instigated him. V'gama Levium shehem b'gvura debina. Now, the, the difference between women, women and, and Levium are as follows. Women are in Malchus, and the Levium are in Bina. Now, Malchus and Bina are both feminine. They're bo- and therefore, they're both on the gev- lean to the Gevura side. So Malchus, has, Malchus is full of Gevura, and, 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 um, and Bina is full of Gevura. The Levium come from the Gevura of Bina. Omar, it says over there, they have virutar, they should, they should shave themselves, take a razor and remove all their hair. Now, so that's where the klipas can derive energy. Now, when the klipas derive energy, what happens? From these gavura diga plays, they become really nasty gavura. These are the intense dinim, that the chitzonim derive from this very constricted energy of a lot of judgments, the kalim in the backside of the kalim, kalim, right? Because the, 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 to, the, to the light itself, no one has energy. You're taking it from the kalim, from the vessels. Through the vessels comes the, comes the, comes the, um, comes the energy. But there is, the kadusha receives from the inside of the vessels. They're taken from the back of the vessels. And on the back of the vessels is where the hair is. These are the harsh gavurois of klipas noga. That means that even if Malchus has gavura, shechina, it's, 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 it's not harsh. The real harsh gavuris is in the klipas. That's why they, the klipa can be so cruel and so horrible. And Like an example, like the minister of Esau, he's a murderer. And he has created a, a people that were murderous for thousands of years. Brutal, murderous, and, and had, 
But where are they receiving from? They're receiving the Kedusha de Yitzchak. Esav is Yitzchak's son. And he's deriving his energy from Yitzchak. Yitzchak is purely holy. But from the Psoiles, from the leftover of the Gevuris, of the Kedusha, of Yitzchak, like it says, Reisha, the Esav, the head of Esav, as stated in Zoya. Ad. Shebesoyf Asiya. Till it becomes that in the end of the world of Asiya, Yoinkim Gam Gimel Klipas Atmeyas Legamri. Even the impure Klipas completely, the three impure Klipas completely, they receive and they take vitality from the bottom, bottom, bottom of the world of Asiya. That means in Atsilus, you already have Klipas. And they also have harsh, not Atzilus, and Bria mainly. They have already harsh judgments. But as it gets lower, 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 that's all Noga. That's all Noga. Where do you get the three impure Klippas, the real powers of evil? They're down here in this world. And they're receiving at the end of Asiya. And therefore these Klippas are mostly bad. They have, they have a tiny little good in them because without that they couldn't exist, but they're, they're evil. Now, but we said before that what? That kate sam this energy doesn't flow without an end. In other words, it ends at a certain point. It doesn't, like l'chure, this energy should have been creating lower and lower and lower and lower and lower and darker and darker and darker and darker and darker. You would think the most monstrous creatures that infinitely go lower and lower and lower. They stopped. Where do we see that they stopped? Because it says an interesting thing. Shadim, Right? Demons, we know we can't see them. Why can't we see demons? Thank God we can't see them. But it says actually animals can see them more than humans. Like by the donkey of Bilam that saw them. Why can't we see them? So the reason we can't see them is because they're created as spirits without bodies. Now why were they created with spirits without bodies? Why weren't they given a body? All other creatures have body and soul. So the demons were not given bodies. Why were they not given bodies? Because it says that when did God create the Mazikin? Erev Shabbos, Bein Hashmashas. It says in, uh, in Pirkei Yavis. According to one opinion, Yesh Oymrim Afa Mazikim, also the Mazikim. So the Mazikim, the, the, these Shadim, these, these demons were created twilight, twilight time, Erev Shabbos. And, and, and here's, a, here's a thing. And, and, and when it came time to create their bodies, it was Shabbos. <laughs> so Shabbos, oh, Sasha. Because so, really you think it's not fair. We have to always refrain from, from doing things when, when Shabbos. We have to stop. God, he rested, but he had it all kind of figured out to finish everything on time. So it's not fair because it's like we have to like, we have one more thing to do, we can't. Shabbos. But the Abish there is the Abish there not. The Abishter kind of had it all planned out, but you see, no. The Abishter also didn't get to create something it was on the agenda to create. And what was there to create? The bodies of the Mazikim. And by the way, what does that teach you? That if you work past the time of Shabbos, you're actually creating a Mazik. Think about it. Because that's the next thing. That's what's, that's like at that point, like, hit the brake, right at the air of 
Shabbos, but at that point, you create, if you're working past that time, you're creating demons. That's my own Chiddush over here, but it's interesting. As he says, this is, this is stated in Zohar, like the goof, the body of Shadim, they were not created. It's in, tik- in Tikkun Zohar, it says this. It's a whole Tikkun of Zohar, just this idea. It's Tikkun Samach something, I think. Because an Erev Shabbos, er, er, Shabbos Kodesh, is Kaddish Yoyimah, it became Shabbos, and they weren't created. But does that mean that God kind of missed something? No. It was L'Chadchila he did it that way. That if he has to stop and not create something, and other there has to be one thing that was not created because of Shabbos. You might say, okay, that means it was never the plan. No, they, they, they should be, but no, they're not created. Why weren't they created? Because if they would have bodies, they would destroy the world. Because what body does to energy is that body gives it more... So it, it, would, so it would solidify their evil. Like this, it remains more in potential. So they don't have bodies. So what happened? When it came Erev Shabbos... So what's it, here's what's going on. The creative energy of God is descending lower and lower and lower and lower and lower to create during the week. What's the last moment? It's creating what? The last and final creatures, which are these mazikim. They're the lowest. Now, if it's continuing further lower, it would create the body. The body is lower than the energy. It would create the body. But now, in the story of creation is that the energy goes down, 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 the six days of creation... And when it hits Shabbos, what happens? It starts going back. It's called Shabbos is called returning. Shabbos Lashem, returning to God. So the energy goes or choizer. So the creative energy is not moving farther to continue create, it's rather retracting back, back into its source. So they couldn't be created because the energy is not descending down lower, it's moving away. So that's what he's saying. And everything returned in a, re, in a rebounding light, in a retreating light. And if they had a chomer, if their tzura, if their image, if their, um, what's it called again, uh, uh, their, their, their nefesh, their soul, tzura is a lot of time referred to a nefesh, would, would have had a chomer, they would destroy the world. As stated in Zoyar. But al what do you see from here? That there is an end. You see, now, oh, so again, he can either mean that with this statement, or he can mean that these are the lowest creatures and doesn't go lower than them. These, the Shalish Klippes Atmeus, what's the lowest? Are these Shadim. And they're left without bodies. But what do you see from here? Yesh Kates Vishir Umida Gambi Hishavos Aklippes. There is a Kates. Do you have the right copy there? What do you have there? I, I think you have the other mimer that I'm going to teach later if I finish this part that I'm holding. Because we ran out of copies. No, what happened was I couldn't find last week's copies. Okay, so. Um, also in this Havas of Klippas, in other words, it's, as we said earlier, it's not fair that there should be just a, a limitation on the Olamas of Kedusha, that they are limited. No. The powers of Klippa on the other side also have a set amount of how far they can go. 
And this is the meaning of Kate's Sam Lachoshech. The Abishter puts a Kate's Sam. The Abishter puts a Kate to darkness. The Choshech, it's a Pasuk. Kate's Sam Lachoshech. Where's the Pasuk Kate's Sam Lachoshech from? Eov, it's a Pasuk in Eov. That the Abish to put a set, a set, a set kates for darkness. The choshech the klipas noiga, the choshech of klipa of the of klipas noiga. Yesh like kates a gvul and has a kates and a gvul. Shaosid li, and now he's giving another interpretation, meaning included in the kates of noga means two things: how low it goes and then it stops because it created these demons and without bodies, but also it means it also has an expiration date. Then the, that that they 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 which is not in kedusha, in kedusha the kates does not work in a way where at a certain point the entities of holiness evaporate disintegrate. No, in kedusha what happens kedusha also has an expiration date, but in kedusha the expiration causes that the creatures we'll see that in a minute that the creature that that the creatures that are now limited in their capacity are suddenly flooded with much more light. In other words, the limitations that we said earlier to hold back the intense revelation, um, it reaches, it expires, and boom! The, 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 the revelation. And, oh, so for that we have to have Torah mitzvahs that we should be able to maintain our existence and not get, and not get destroyed by the light. For that, Hashem gave us 3,000 years of Torah mitzvahs to acclimate ourselves when Hashem is going to remove the stopper, when the filter is going to be removed, and the worlds are going to be flooded with that light, we're not going to, we're not going to disappear. So if in Kedusha, that's the meaning of the kates. We're going to see soon. But in Klippa, the kates that's there is actually an eradication of the Klippas. At a certain point, they begin to decay and, and, melt, and until they're down. Um, like the kloyoin that happens when there is shmarim agasim. That means that after, because after you extract the good atom from them, so in the end there's just leftover dregs. Leftover dregs, they, because there's nothing really to them, they, they rot. And as it says, that in the end of days, the spirit of impurity, I'm going to remove it from the earth. Or the other idea is, the Yebish is going to shech the Yitzhahara. And then it says, death will be eradicated eternally. Because the Yitzhahara is death. One one connect ki yitzharu malachamavas the yitzharu is malachamavas and once there's no more yitzharu so there's no more death shenikra b'shem kates kol basar and that and and the yitzharu is called the kates kol basar the end of all flesh because he he comes and he makes an end to people he's the malachamavas v'chein kates hayamim it's also called the kates of days now he's gonna now in the mimer he's differentiating. That there is something, the Zohar says that there's two kitzim. There is a kate hayamim, and there's kate hayamin. There's a kate on the right side, which is called kate hayamin, and there's a kate on the left side, which is called kate hayamim. I think both these phrases, kate hayamim and kate hayamin, 
are both come from Sefer Daniel, where it mentions these two kitzim, Ketzayomin and Ketzayomin. The Zohar explains the meaning of these two kitzim, that the Ketzayomin is a good thing, and the Ketzayomim is a very, very, very dark power. It's the, it's the power that puts an end to things. Ketzayomin, it's Ketz, it puts... It, it expires things. It, it deletes things. It, it eradicates. It destroys things. Kates Hayomin, as we said earlier, is a Kates. Earlier we said what Kates Hayomin means. It keeps the right side what? Restricted. That the, the chesed of the Ebershah should not overwhelm. That's one, that's one, one pirush. But there's another pirush in Kates Hayomin is it expires it expires the the, um, the 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 gevura that's it causes the gevura that's holding back the light to to evaporate, and what happens as a result of that is that the yamin, the right side, can shine and can come forth un, un, in, uninhibited and unrestricted and unlimited. That's the case hayomin on the right side. But the Ketz HaYomim on the left side actually eradicates the, 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 the negativity that's on the left. As he explains over here. Now earlier we said that the Ketz HaYomim is putting boundaries on Chesed energy. But here he's going to change that meaning. The tzimtzum and the gevura, the contraction and the gevura that's given on the side of chesed. The kavayamin on the column of the right side. That is only for kindness. In other words, it's not meant to destroy. It's not a destructive power. It's, a ches, it's only for the kindness of creation. That without that you couldn't create from something to nothing. I'm sorry, from nothing to something. And especially to create it, to be mugbal, to be limited. Definitely. That, this case is not meant and is not intended to be an, a destruction, a, 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 and a departure of the energy. Like it is in Klippa. In Kate's Hayomim, in Klippa, it's a day, it's, how long will the Eberster's light be trapped in Gullus? Enlivening these Klippas. At a certain point, they will all crash. They will all crumble full of lies on themselves. And the energy will go out of them. But in Kedusha, it doesn't mean that. If the light of kindness that's, that's in the right side, in the supernal right, would retract, then the world would become nullified. Then creation would, would be undone. Creation would be undone. Everything would return back to toad, to chaos, to non-existence. Like it says, the Ebershta builds the world on kindness. So you need the kindness to always be kidua. So if so, what does it mean, kates? If kates, kates hayomin, if there's an end to the right side, that means that then there's no world. And we know that the world is meant to be forever. What, what then does it mean, Ketzayamin? And he says later, because when I'm learning this, I'm going to get confused. Because this Pirish that he's saying now is opposite than the Pirish that he said earlier. Earlier he said, Ketzayamin is the very 
restricted gevura shebechesed that's limiting each level. Right? That's what we said earlier. Now he's going to turn it around and say, Ketz HaYemin means there's a Ketz for how long the right, hand, the right side is going to be constricted. And at a certain point, the constrictions leave and the Yemin, the real Chesed, can come pouring out unlimited. That's different than he said before. Later he's going to say that it's different than what he said before. So therefore, there's two Pirushim in Ketz HaYemin. There's Ketz HaYemin of now, which sets a Ketz to the right side, and then there is the date of Ketz HaYemin. The date of Ketz HaYemin is the opposite. It stops the Gevurais, it stops the power of Gevura, and it allows the Chesed to flow on it. As he says now, There will come a time when the Yamin, when the right side, will have Shlita, which means we'll have dominance and it will have radiance as is, not through tzimtzum, not hindered and constricted through contractions, vehelem and obscuring, which is coming from the din that's in the chesed. That, that, that will... So according to that, in, in Klippa, Ketz HaYomim means an end date. That's why you see that the... That, um, in, uh, in, the, in the non-Jewish world, whenever they speak about the end of days, they talk about a, uh, an, an, uh, what do they call it, an apocalypse. They talk about apocalypse, they talk about end days, the end of days. They keep on mentioning end of days, and they don't realize the end of days is takafaklipa. It's the end of days. For Kedusha, Ketz HaYomin really means not the end, but the beginning of a, of a it's, the Ketz means the end that starts, not the end that ends. The end that will allow the Yamin full expression. And by the way, when is that Ketz? So Ruven Wolf says that that Ketz is this year. Because in the Rebbe's capital, we say, Yamin Hashem Roy Meima. Yemin Hashem Oisachoyel. Yemin Hashem, three times. Yemin Hashem Oisachoyel. Yemin Hashem Raimeimo. Yemin Hashem Oisachoyel. The whole time. Yemin, Yemin, Yemin. The power of Yemin uh, of the right side. For who? Kasha Yum Tekadin Bechesed. So when is that going to happen? What's going to cause the powers of Gvura that are embedded in every level? There's Gvura embedded in every level holding back the Chesed. What's going to cause the Gevuris to like lose their power? That's by us constantly doing Torah mitzvahs, which in the Zohar says that what Torah mitzvahs does, to include the left in the right. That means to absorb the left into the right. Like happened in Eretz Yisrael. In the last elections, the whole entire community that was left is not left anymore. There's no more left in Israel. Do you know that? They used to have 30 seats in the Knesset, the left. Now they have five seats in the Knesset. Six seats in the last election. The whole left moved center. Again, Yemin Hashem Reimeima. Because, that the small moves into the right. In every mitzvah we're doing that. 
In Judaism, we always emphasize the right over the left. Whenever we get dressed, we put our right hand in, we're supposed to put before you put in your left. When you put on your shoes, you're supposed to put your right shoe, you tie your left shoe first, but you put on your right shoe first. Even when you wash, it says, you wash your hands, you wash your right, then your left. Everything, always right over left. And clothing, we're supposed to try to put always the right side buttoning on top of the left. That's the it's when din becomes sweetened by kindness, the yuchlal smoil be yamin, and smoil will be included in the right. This is the whole idea of Torah mitzvah. That's why the kahanim have to be superior to the levim, because the levim are left. That the left subservient to the right. Dafka, kiyidua. That's called Kates Ayamin. And this is the mean. as it is known, the four people that went into Pardes, into the orchards. Who was that? Rabbi Akiva, Ben Zoma, Ben Azai, right? The four that went into the Pardes. What was their intention of going into the Pardes? They wanted to do a repair. I never saw that. I'll be past this. The four went into paradise. They wanted to learn. They had a much deeper intention. They wanted to go fix, do a repair in, in the cosmos. It's like they didn't like the system the way it is. They, the left side was getting too, too strong. Powers of Gevura, of Tzimtzumim were getting way too strong. So in order to fix that, they went into the paradise to do a, a, a repair job. What was the repair job? They wanted to intensify the right over the left. What was their main kavan over there? Rakla Hagbir to to intensify Aladin, the power of kindness over judgment, Bekeser Atzmoy. In Keser itself, that means they wanted to go up to the highest, highest beginnings of Chesed and Gavura, and over there. What did we say? In creation, the opposite happened. Gavura got 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 stronger than Chesed. And that's why it, it, it's, it's holding back every level. Chesed can't, can't, can't reveal because Gevur is holding it tight. They wanted to go up in Keser and change it over there. I'm not quoting from, from our capital. This is the Rebbe's capital. He's quoting it over here. The right of Hashem is is higher. The right overpowers the left. Your right hand smashes the enemy. It's understood from this. In the general power of kates that's given to darkness. That kates is given to darkness. The klipas noiga. Of klipas noiga. In the general case, now the other, remember, but in the Kavat Smoil, in the left side, it's not Ketzayamin, it's Ketzayamim, which means to put an end of their days. Their days are numbered, that's the meaning, their days are numbered. On the Gevuris that are on the left side. So, Azaimimela, so then when they, when, the, when they, when the Klippas reach their expiration, on their own they're going to fall apart. In other words, what he's saying is, 
Earlier we learned, Rebbe Yezer says it's dependent on tshuva. Moshiach's coming is dependent on tshuva. Because when we do tshuva, we turn darkness to light. We transform, the, and that's how we get rid of the darkness. We convert them to light. And we pull out the energy that's inside of them. That's what we do. When we do an Avera, we give them energy, chas when we, when we do tshuva, we extract that energy plus whatever they had earlier. That's what we said earlier. So the only way we thought earlier is to re- get rid of the clippers is through tshuva, to get rid of the darkness. But he's saying no. There, since Kate Sam Lechoshech, that's what Rabbi Yeshua is telling Rabbi Eliezer, since when the Abishta created the world, the way he created the world is that there should be limitation. And that limitation extends to the left side also. And in the left side, it actually means expiration. So therefore, when it comes to time, even if we don't do the work to extract and do tshuva, on their own, they're going to evaporate. They can't derive any more energy because again, the faucets are shut down. The Abish to set a certain amount of time that they can receive. Lamaila up there, ulamata and down here, since it was given them only with a measure and a set amount. Now once that happens, what, what's the other problem or what's the other necessity for tshuva? What did we say? Tshuva requires, the reason you need tshuva for the giula, it's really for two reasons. One reason you need tshuva for the giula, according to Rebbe Yezer, is because we have to get rid of the klipas. And how do you get rid of them? By, by, by doing tshuva and taking the darkness, converting it to light. Number one. Second thing, we have to cause the deepest, highest eleva- levels of the divine that are hidden, that are because they're dark, they're higher than revelation, to reveal themselves. By, and that comes through doing tshuva because we take darkness to light so we cause above also that the darkness the supernal darkness reveals itself by the way in tshuva it's not just that we're in tshuva when we're converting darkness to light it's not just the sins that we've done that we're converting there's another inion of darkness to light that's happening in tshuva the very feeling of tshuva comes when a person feels I can't be separated from God that means that the person has now experienced a deep... And what happened yesterday, you were okay with being separated from God. And for 10 years, you were okay with being completely severed. And maybe your entire lifetime, it didn't bother you. Suddenly now it bothers you. Uh, why? Because I feel I came into touch with a deeper self. Ah, What does it mean you came into touch with a deeper self? The deeper self is the dark part of your soul. What do I mean dark? It's till now it wasn't revealed. It's, it's your subconscious that you haven't been conscious of. And now it came from choyshech to oyer. So tshuva means you, you, you're, 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 you're opening up from a much deeper place, a place that till now was concealed and hidden to you, that you never knew you have, a deep love for God and a deep connection that you didn't know, now is emerging outward. So the same is also above. It's causing what? What is concealed and hidden to be revealed. But it requires tshuva. So now Rabbi Yeshua says, evil, evil also, that, Rabbi Yeshua says, no, it's dependent on the time. You don't need tshuva. I mean, oh, we could do tshuva, hopefully we will do, but even if not, it's going to happen. Oh, so the one Indian that, that the klipas are going to fall, that we explained, expiration. But how about the other Indian? That darkness, that um, the, in, the whole Indian of Mashiach is that the deepest secrets of Hashem will be revealed. Pnimiya Satora, Mashiach Tetkeno. How will that happen? That needs tshuva. So he says, no. Why? Because just like there's a kates 
these two things go together. Kates hayamim, when the klipas come to their end date, when they expire, at the same time happens kates hayamin. And what's kates hayamin mean? The beginning of the right side flowing without limitations. So when you say that the light, the right side doesn't have any more gvura blocking it, means that everything that's there comes flooding outward. Even things that till now were very private than him. So you have the chayshech revealing itself because of the intensification of the chesed to reveal everything. So that too is going to happen automatically. Va'azmemela, he says, automatically, yo'ir oir de chasadim, the light of the kindness, the kavayamin from the right side, gam mipchinasa helem de chayshech sisroi. Also from the concealment of choshech, of darkness, where Hashem is hiding in darkness, that too will reveal itself. The choshech will not block it anymore. It won't be any tzimtzum anymore. It will just flow. That means that's called the advantage of light. It comes from the supernal darkness canal. When this light too gets con- converted to light, I'm sorry, when this darkness, this higher darkness, this private side of God becomes turned over to light. This is much higher. Remember we said earlier that when God, when Hashem created the world, first His light was very intense. Then Tzimtzum came and pushed that light out and created a, va- a vacancy, a hole, a-, a void. Then Chesed came back in and it reintroduced itself. But then Gevura comes and limits that revelation. So the revelation, so what's coming into that, into the Olamos, into the space of the world, only a Gevura diga light, a light that's already filtered. So he says now that that power of Gevura is removed, so then light will flood into this, into the cosmos, into the place. Light will flood much more than what was allowed in initially. That's the idea. Higher than the contracted light that came very limitedly that was coming through the gevura of chesed. Remember, gevura shebechesed only allowed a little increments of light. Now it's not going to have that restraining. And all the way to the highest levels of constriction which goes all the way back to the first symptom. Remember we said earlier that initially, where did Hashem begin this process of tzimtzum? That he, he did it in himself first. We spoke about it earlier. He, he evaluated within himself, he carved within himself a certain limited, a limited um, investment, so to speak. A limited investment that he's going to invest of himself in the creation. Ah, but that's only from this constriction. Once we break the barrier of the constriction, he's going to be emanating from a place beyond that shape and form that he carved in himself. Higher than what he had uh, uh, um, estimated within himself. There's going to be a giloy, a revelation of the infinite one that's in the chesed and the ratzayna atzmus and the will of the essence. Shazawu begimul rishaynais, which is in the first three, the keser chachmabina, 
Remember, this is going back to what we learned in the Mimer about the three countries, Ammon, Moab, and Edom. These are the three countries that represent the deepest levels of divine Chachma and, and Bina, as it is still in Atzmos, way up there. They're going to come flooding outward, and that's going to give us these three lands, which are the deep, deepest secrets of the Torah, that we're going to be, they're going to elevate. Kamoi as they are, beloit simtsum umida, without a contraction, and without a measure, which is higher and transcends the first contraction, the first simtsum, because before him, even darkness doesn't darken the Dilemaven. What he means with these last four words, and before him, darkness doesn't darken, maybe means, it's hard for me, maybe it means that for him, the darkness doesn't have to stay dark. Or maybe it means that Tzimtzum, which is the darkness, doesn't, doesn't to him himself, it can't, it can't restrict him. If he wants to blast through the tzimtzum, he can do that. Because kamei before him, kam choshech lo yachshech. The choshech of all the tzimtzumim that contract don't have power over him. When Mashiach will come, that's the kates hayomin, or Mashiach will come at that time when the tzimtzumim will not hold back anymore. When the levies that are holding back the water will give away and the mayim layam and the water will flood the, the, the place. This is the opinion of Rabbi Yeshua. That the kates of Mashiach is not dependent on tshuva. Even if the Jewish people do not do tshuva and do not do good deeds at all, they will be redeemed. The very kates of Mashiach itself calls for redemption. That he has a time, based on this measuring, Hashem set a limitation to the koach, to the power, and the root of the choshech and the evil of klipas noga, that it is going to come to an end. But once that's gone, Automatically, it's going to shine. Me'oira atzmus from the light of the essence of God. The gimel rishayna is the keser chachma bina in the first three of keser chachma bina, and over there, and it's going to flood it, and that's the supernal darkness turning to light. The haba hatalia one is dependent on the other. Keniskalel, as we said earlier, because once the tzimtzumim are out and they're done, and then the then the light can come without without. For who shenikrakates hayomin. And that's called the kates of the right side. Shu kates of Isman, it's the kates and Isman, the oirayamin the chesed, with the light of the right side of chesed, shaloyoir bemidavitzimtsum. It should not be hindered and blocked and restricted anymore through measurements and contractions. It should flow as is. Now, this is the opposite. I told you earlier that he will later mention. It's the opposite of the Pirush that he said earlier about Ketzayamin. Because in the beginning of today's Shir, we learned that Ketzayamin means the opposite. That Hashem holds the right side back and not allowing the right side to be too intense in order we couldn't be created. But once we're created and once we go through Torah and Mitzvahs, the, there's a new meaning for Kates Ayamin. Hashem, re, the Kates for when the Yamin will shine or when the Yamin will, sh, will will flow forward with flow forth without without any any restrictions on it. It's the Vuhepchanal the Pirish Kates Ayamin. Kipchinas Kates Ayamin 
This ketzah yamin that we're talking about now, zehu shemenagid leketz to kol basar. It's the opposite of ketz kol basar, which as we said earlier is the malach hamavas. Hanikra ketz hayomim v'dayla meven. It's the opposite. Understand? Because the first pirish in ketz hayomim, which means that the right side is limited, then that, then that, then that pirush here, then that, we can't say that that's the ultimate pirush of Ketz HaYomin, because if we say that that's the ultimate pirush of Ketz HaYomin, the problem is then the Ketz HaYomin is not contradicting, it's not the opposite of Ketz HaYomin. In a sense, they complement each other. What makes Ketz HaYomin? Ketz HaYomin is the power of, we said before, of the Yetzirah, to bring death to the world, to bring destruction to the world. Where does he get his power? He actually gets his power from the Ketz HaYomin. Because the right side is limited and not overwhelming, it is so, and there's so much, that's what allows the Ketz HaYomin, the Ketz Kolbasar, to be, to be around. And so therefore, that can't be the only Pirish of Ketz HaYomin. We have to say there's another Pirish in Ketz HaYomin. That Ketz HaYomin means, that ke, the Ketz HaYomin that contradicts Ketz HaYomin. What's the Ketz HaYomin? that contradicts the Ketz HaYomim. The other Pirush in Ketz HaYomim, that Hashem removes the restrictions on the right side, and He allows the Gilui to flow without an end, that causes the Klippus to, to, to be blasted. And it's interesting. What happens first? In this system that He's saying, do you first have the removal of the barriers of the right side, and the cosmos are flooded with light? which automatically causes the klippas to fall because they can't, they can't take this unlimited revelation of God. Or is it the opposite? As a result of the, of the, the, the expiration date that comes on the left side, on the Ketzah Yomim, that causes them to expire, once these Tzimtzumim disintegrate down here, the power of Tzimtzum in all realms is already diminished and that allows for the, 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 the gilu to happen. So in the earlier part of the Mimer, he implied that the revelation, the Ketz HaYomim, is dependent first on Ketz HaYomim. Once you have Ketz HaYomim, that will lead to Ketz HaYomim, the flooding of the light. Now he seems to be saying the opposite. And so I'm not exactly clear. Now he seems it works the, it works the other direction. Maybe it can work both ways. And maybe it works simultaneously both ways. But here it's Mashma in the part that he's going to teach us right now that and the part that he's going to teach right now is that the um, it's the power of the Eberster when he removes his when he removes the filters to allow his light to flood, that power destroys the clippers completely. Let's see. And even though he says without tshuva and without good deeds, so we haven't yet been Bin Mevarer, the Eitzadas Tovera. Ah, I, I think I get it. 
I think I understand possibly the difference between what he's saying down here and before, why he's changing direction. Because here he's talking about Rabbi Yeshua, who's talking in a case where there's no merit to the Jewish people. And earlier, if you remember, he was saying the whole avoda of Torah and mitzvahs, he kept on emphasizing earlier that the, that the entire avoda of, of Torah and mitzvahs is to bring about that the left, that the entire avoda of Torah and mitzvahs is to bring about that the left should be included in the right. So what he explained earlier was that the entire avoda of Torah and mitzvahs is to bring about that the left should be included in the right. So if we do that avoda, then we cause the tzimtzumim, the contractions, the left to be included in, in the right, in Seder Ishtalshalos, as these tzimtzumim, we cause the subservience. So that causes, at the bottom, 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 the clippers to disintegrate. Because as we're pulling, because their whole yanika is, is from the left. When you're pulling the left into the right, they have no, no simple into what I was talking about this week when, in the share of Sunday, when you elevate the good from Noga up into Kedusha, the bad of Noga remains lifeless, and then the, the, three, the three impure clippers fall automatically on their own. So when you do, so then you're right. Then we can first work by disintegrating, disintegrating the clippers. And then after that, that causes the flooding of the light because once there's no more smile to block the yamin, so then the light comes from above. That's earlier. But here he's talking in a case where what? Where he's talking about Rabbi Yeshua, who's talking in a case where you don't do tshuva and maizim toivim at all. So maybe there was no Torah and mitzvahs. And as a result of no Torah and mitzvahs, we did not do the work of lechlala smala b'yamina. So the smile, the left, remains strong. If the left remains strong, how will the left fall? So there it has to come because the Ketzayamin. Because the Ketzayamin arrived, and the Ketzayamin means that the Abishter allows that there's a skates where the Yamin can start, can shine uninhibited, and that. What that will automatically do is it will it will it will cause the clippers to fall, and he's gonna explain an interesting thing. It's gonna cause the clippers to fall while the clippers are super strong. It's gonna cause the clipper to fall while the clip is super strong, which is a very big chiddush. Usually we know the clipper can only fall by emptying it out from energy. The Gemara says that you shouldn't start up with a wicked person while you see that things are going good for him. When they're in power and they're strong and he's, and he's rich and powerful, don't start up with him. The Gemara has a whole question. If if you're allowed to start up with wicked. The Gemara says you're not allowed to do that because they'll beat you. But the Gemara says that there are certain tzaddikim that they were able to fight with the Rishayim, even when the Rishayim are really strong. Only the highest of the high. Pshimah Bayachai or something. To take down a klipa when he is in his might. 
we find in, 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 in public, in, um, in, uh, in the world today, and it's a common thing, you have people that have a lot of power, and they're maybe not such good people, but everybody's their friend, and everybody, you know, kisses up to them, as you'll say, because they're so powerful and they're so good. Then something happens, and they get busted, something turns on them, and something, and suddenly, boom. And then what you see is all these people that were kind of, will turn on him. In other words, in other words they'll, they'll fight the bad guy, they'll fight the bad guy when the bad guy is down. They won't fight the bad guy when the bad guy is up. They'll fight him only when he's down. But the Gemara says that, in, that, 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 that's, that even with wicked, even when you're fighting a holy battle, don't try to take down a wicked person when he's in his full might. The Chiddush over here is that when it comes the time, if there is no tshuva and ma'isim tov, so the klipas have not been emptied out from their energy. There's no problem. Ma'isim tov and take that the left gets converted to the right. Tshuva takes whatever energy is embedded in the klipas and yanks it out of them and takes it out. So they still have all their energy. So they're, they're legitimately powerful. Yet they can be taken down. And that power is only God himself. As he explains over here. We still did not do a bitter to the Eitzadas, the tree of knowledge, and separate the which means that we haven't taken out the energy from Klipas Noga, which translates later that we haven't taken the energy out of the three impure Klipas. And the Ra, the evil, is still deriving energy. And he is down here in his full perfection. And his full coarseness as he is. The Eich Yavutl, the Yavuer, and how will he be nullified? And how will he be destroyed? And how will he become as if he never was? Be'esakates at the time of the end, when Mashiach is supposed to come. Inyan, who the idea is, as stated elsewhere, on this that Havaya Hashem said to Eoiv, the imzroya kekel lach. Do you have an arm like God? The imzroya kekel. Do you have an lach? Do you have an arm like God? The A C kol geye. Every arrogant one hichni uh hichni uhu he he um he humbled. The hadoich rishayim tachtam, and he crushed the wicked beneath them. What does it mean? Tachtam beneath them, as they are. Tachtam means when they're still standing in their place, as they are with their gasus in their coarseness and in their arrogance, bishlemus shalvasam in their perfect state of tranquility. Things are going really good for them. They're not in a in a um, in a uh, in a free fall. They're still very, very high and very powerful. Yoivdu, they will be broken. Vyashpilu, get you some. And their might will be, will be lowered down. offer to the earth. They will be cast down to the earth. Like someone who's crushed in a crusher. Shegama kas agas the kasha 
Even a very, if you put something into a big grinder, even if it's a thick, chunky, stubborn piece of something, you take the, gr- the mill or the grinding thing and you crush down on it, it breaks even that. Yudach v'yeshubar will be broken. This is a sign and a wonder. I'm sorry, v'zeo ois v'hapele. And this sign and wonder, l'yuchalasis adam zulas Hashem. A person can't do that. Only God. The way we can defeat the klipa is by slowly emptying its energy out of it. By letting it steam out. And then when it's weak, you can bust it. But to take him on in its might and its strength, we can't. Only God who is omnipotent. The Ebishter has the power to lower down these arrogant ones. The, the powers of the external beings. Gam kamoishahem bishlemusam, even as they are in their full might. Adayin shaloi ba'adraga klal. He can take them down from the highest peak down in derer darayin, like Hashem did to Haman. Think about it. Haman was in his heyday of power, and the next day he was already running, taking Mordechai, and and in the most shameful state. And then by the time evening came along, he was hanging on a tree. And it happened in it spiraled and just like that. And only God can do that. This is an indication. This is because the Abish that puts an end to darkness, the Klippas Noiga, doesn't mean the end is that eventually all its energy will sap out. That's if we do tshuva and good deeds, yes. But even when it's still in power, suddenly it can crumble. What we're watching today is that it's, I don't know, in a sense it's almost like the, 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 the it's, 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 it's now being just left full with its own inflated lies. It's not much there. But hypothetically, even in its might, it can fall. As soon as their end arrives, they will collapse, they will fall. It will be as if they didn't never existed. Even not according to the order of Ishtalshalus, of the way the Abishta set it up. Who's a proof? Who's a Another proof he doesn't bring from Haman, he brings from Koirach. Koirach was rich, wealthy, arrogant. And while he stood outside with all of his arrogance and all of his power, in one minute, poof, there was no memory of him. Him, his family, his wealth, gone. They went down alive. That's the point. The Torah emphasized he went down while he's alive. That means his energy was still in him. Usually a person is put in the ground after they die. He went down alive. Meaning that emphasizes the idea that even with his life, he can be obliterated. As they are complete in their life, they got lost. And when will that happen? When the when the right side's time comes to reveal itself without limitation. When the supernal darkness will turn to light, as we said earlier, because Rav his Gabrus Hachasadim Al Hagavurois. When the chesed will suddenly overpower over the gavura. And again, I think this is not as a result of the, the weakening of gavura to the right throughout history. That's through Torah. It seems like there is a certain time, there's a time for gavura to dominate, and there's a time for chesed to dominate. And this is a seesaw. When chesed suddenly will push back over gavura, 
Of course, the avodah of Torah and mitzvahs that that constantly pushes the the, the left to be in to be subservient to the right. Of course, enhances this tremendously. But I'm seeing even until the gavuris of the left side become absorbed in the right canal. So, all the choshech and the tzimtzum of klipas noigesh lamato will 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 be changed. It's as if they never were. because before him, darkness is like light, and therefore he can reveal himself even when the darkness is still standing with all of its power. The Abish that can zap right through him. So this is what, what Chazal hinted to when they taught us an interesting teaching. They said when Mashiach will come, there will be global warming. And you see that it's Dafka the left that is so terrified of global warming. Get busy with this as if this is like who knows what. And the, the more they are busy with this, they keep on throwing out. This is going to be in seven years. The world is going to come to an end. They keep on, they keep on making it less. They want to scare everybody. It's in ten years, in seven years. This chachamim on the left from the squad. Green New Deal. We're going to save them. We're going to save the world from the global warming. Chazal tell us that when Mashiach will come, it will be global warming. That tzaddikim will be healed from it. And the wicked will be destroyed by it. It is so clear. You learn Hasidus. The Rebbe says, learn Hasidus. You'll know what's going on in the world. You'll see the Giyuma. It says when Mashiach comes, Hashem is going to take the sun out of its sheath. The sheath is the ozone layer. That's the sheath. Hashem is going to take it out. What's going to happen? Tzaddikim are going to be healed. And the wicked are going to be destroyed. What does it mean deeper? The sun is Eberster's power of chesed, kindness. It's the light, the goodness. The sheath is what holds back, the, holds back the sun. It's the power of gavura to hold it back. This kate some There's a certain time that Hashem does, that holds back the kindness. At a certain point, He's going to blast His light. And that's going to cause the Kalipas to fall. That's why they're so crazy about it. That's why the global warming is at the same guys with the BDS. The same chaletis with the BDS and with the, with the, with the, with the thing and the anti-Israel mix and the, the whole, the whole chadgadya. Ah, I love that word, chadgadya. The, the whole caravan. It's all one package. And, and, uh, and the Eberst is going to take out the sun from its nartik. Shushem Elohim. What's the nartik? Is the name of Elohim. Hametzamtzim that is contracting. V'nigla kvoid Hashem and the glory of God will be revealed. Shuubchin Hashem meshte tzadikim. It's the sun of the tzadikim. No, I'm sorry. Shuubchin Hashem which is the sun. The tzadikim is rapim ba. The tzadikim will be healed by it. Why? Let's understand something. The any bit of problems that there is in the world of tzadikim. What's what's a tzadik wants to live with godly consciousness. A tzadik wants to learn Torah. Wants to do mitzvahs. The problem is there are. He, 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 he comes up against situations that cause blockages, that cause that I can't learn as much as I want, I can't daven as much as I want, I can't connect to the God as much as I want. I can't. Why? Because there's trials and tribulations. Where do the trials and tribulations come from? 
from the concealments of Shem Elohim. So for the tzaddikim, removing the Shem Elohim and putting more godly revelation, that's who they are, so that they thrive on it. It will remove whatever constrictions there are in their life and will enhance their connection to God. But those whose entire being is anti there. So when you remove that, they lose their existence completely. Because their whole existence is opposite of God. They don't want more God in their life. Even the little bit of God that's there, they want to erase. Because if there's God here, then they can't do abortions anymore. If God is here, they have to listen to how the Abishta wants them to get married. If God is here, then, 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 then these, are the, these are the restrictions. They have to listen with the God, the, the, the God Abishta. So if God is going to be revealed more, give out. They lose their entire metzias. Look over here, the tzaddikim is rapping, but the tzaddikim are going to be healed. Lahamtik hagvur is kashas. This is going to be mamtik. It's going to sweeten the harsh judgments. The wicked are going to be judged by it. To destroy them. Because they can't receive the great light. As we said earlier, the status of where the chitzonim stand, their face is facing the internal light, the yosher. The chitzonim stand facing the restricted light. And their backs, the makif is the unlimited light of God. They only put their backs that way because they can't face Him. Because if they face this intense light, they'll become nullified. So when this intense light will be revealed, the light of the makifim, goodbye, they're out. And even though we explained earlier, there are two levels of how the chitzonim receive their energy. One is in a state of shoresh root. And the second one is in a level of tosefes of added. This that they swallow from holiness. Like where it says wealth, he, he swallowed. So what he's saying is, the, 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 it says that the Kalipas get a certain amount that's designated for them. That we can say, the amount that is de- designated them from the, from, the, from, the, from the six days of creation, God gives them a certain amount that they're allowed to take. That we can say, expiration date. But there's another idea. There is when they made, when God forbid, they cause sins and so on and so forth, they end up getting lar- much more energy. Now that energy they have already. They don't have to receive more. It's already inside their kishkas. They've already absorbed it. And therefore, that should, that should give them what? So with tshuva, we take it out. But here we're talking on a case without tshuva. If it's without tshuva, how, how, how do we... Then they have already, it seems to have battery life for a very long time. On that he says, On this, the Ebershter will also stare down at them. The Ebershter will take out that which they swallowed. God will extract it from their mouth. Like it says, wealth they swallowed, and they will vomit it. I will take out that which he swallowed from their mouth. It says also in the Pasik, I will destroy their fruit from above, and their roots from beneath them. God says, Don't worry, I'm taking care of this. From above and from below, 
They're going to lose all their power. They will not be able to receive from holiness at all. Shoresh, I think, is what he says, above, because that's their root to receive from. That is going to be cut down. And not the, the added, which they took already. That's called below. They swallowed it already. They're going to have to vomit that as well. They're going to have to put that right back out. They're going to lose all their energy. They're going to collapse. As stated elsewhere, Okay. Ah, but however, we still need to understand yes, love, and we need to understand. Now, generally, he explained what Rabbi, opinion, what Rabbi Yeshua's opinion is that there is a certain system that is going to come, and that's the end days, and that's what's stated in Daniel. And to this, even Rabbi Eliezer had to agree. Now, really, in truth, we've completed the first part of the Mimer, the questions at the beginning of the Mimer here. We didn't finish all of his questions. He asked a bunch of questions regarding to Rabbi Yochanan that says that Mashiach is going to come either in a generation that's completely innocent or guilty. And we also spoke about Be'ita Achishena, and it's time, I will rush it, and the three t- meanings to that. But we at least got the gist of the mimer already. What does it mean, the Machloikis, Rabbi Yezer, Rabbi Tshuva, if you need Tshuva, if you don't need Tshuva, and what does it have to do with Ammon and Moab, those nations, why we get them only after Mashiach comes, because only after the secrets of Torah are revealed do we, can we clean out the mental elements of Klippa? Fine. But now he's going to ask a question. I just want to finish this, this paragraph, because he's going to ask a powerful question, and he's not, we're not going to have an answer today. Then, after that, he's, in order to explain that, he's going to ask other questions on what we just learned, and he's going to go into a lengthy deep explanation to explain all of that, but that I didn't get to yet in figuring that out. We need to understand understand the Das Rabbi Yeshua. But we are going to learn the first question that he's asking. In the Das Rabbi Yeshua, in which Rabbi Yeshua says that even without Tshuva and without good deeds we will be redeemed. In which the reason is because the Kates of Mashiach must come Behechrech must come at a certain time, Keniskel, as we said earlier, this reason itself, is asking that if the Ra is Bishlemus, and they've swallowed abundance of, of uh, Yenika, of, um, of, of what they've, 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 uh, they've um, derived, they're going to have to end at the end. Because the light of Atzmus is going to shine. Remember we said, the first thing that's going to happen, what did we say? Is that the world is going to be flooded with godly revelation. The Abish is going to take the sun out of, its, out of its holder. And that's going to cause the wicked to disintegrate. That's the reason. And the reason he's able to reveal himself even when they're there is because to him, darkness is equal to light. He doesn't need a keli. So... And darkness is not dark to him. And therefore, even while they are bold, and even while they are arrogant, he can still, he will still take them down. But he's asking a question. The very revelation of that level of God, that's limit, what, what does he say? He says, when the Abish does limitless revelation, will be revealed, they will go. He's asking, the limitless 
the limitless revelation of God is also limitless in its tolerance. So who is to say that when the limitless levels of the divine will be revealed, it's going to eradicate the Kalipa. Maybe the limitlessness of God is so unlimited that, he does, that, that on that level, he doesn't differentiate between anything. Good is not good and bad isn't bad. Why should he care about any of that? From once Hashem measures himself and contracts himself and kind of comes closer to the creation to choose what he likes and what he dislikes. So from those levels, you say that he can only channel and he can only bestow his blessing on that which is good and because he likes it. And that which he dislikes receives much less, if any. He has a purpose. But if we're going to say that Hashem's true higher self, where he's beyond everything, so we know Dafka from that place, there's the danger that good and, good and evil are equal to him. So that very same Giloy that we're talking about, which is supposed to bring about the finishing off of all darkness, why don't we say chas v'shalem? Someone can, we can chas v'shalem argue that that should be a reason for the klipa to quite on the contrary, to do really well with that. Because on that level, God is beyond discrimination. Like we find, he says, that the Abishter has, that Moshe Rabbeinu has a partner. Who is Moshe Rabbeinu? There's no one equivalent to Moshe in prophecy. Besides Bilam. Bilam? A low life of low lives. And he is, he has the same level of Navua like Moshe. It's because where Moshe was taking his Navua is so high that that level is beyond differentiation. It can go to a tzad, it can go to a wicked. He says, this very reason should be, should, 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 should bring the opposite. That which, which is keeping the Golas continuing very long. And it's possible that all the ends should end. All the end times should come and go. And no Why? Because Hashem can shine His light even in darkness as in light. equal. That darkness and light are equal to him, mamish. Mitam, because the reason is because to God it makes no difference if he's concealed or if he's revealed. So in Kedusha he can be revealed, and in Klippa they're going to conceal him, but why does he care? He can dwell even in the darkness of Klippa Snoiga, the Ayan Sarim. And the 70 ministering angels, which is the Golas. Jews are Golas amongst the 70 nations. God can give them power, chas v'shalom. The Asiya, in the world of Asiya, kamoi ba'or, and equally, kamoi ba'or, chachma, the Torah mitzvahs. Like in the realms of light, of, of, of the wisdom of Torah mitzvahs. The Kedusha of holiness. The ain hefrish klau, and there's no difference at all. Legabeya atzmus, to essence of the Abish himself, whether he is revealing light in the Jewish, in Knesset Yisrael amongst the Jewish people, to the enclosement of the godly light and the 70 ministering angels in the time of exile 
It's all equal before. V'nikra melech And on this level, God is also called the king of the nations. On a lower level where he contracts himself, he's only designated to the Jewish people. But on this lofty level, he can be the king of the Jews, king of the nations. Ukamoy, as it says, who's coming from Edom, which means that the Abishter is hanging out in Edom. Shagalu Edom, that he bestows his shechina into Edom and empowers Edom. And like we find that by Bilam, Bilam was a prophet. He can see Shakai. It says God speaks to Bilam. Like he spoke to Moshe. Even though they're as far as night and day. They're, so, they're, 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 they're the farthest possible one from the other. Because Moshe Rabbeinu was in the epitome of light, of the innermost, of the supernal wisdom of holiness. And this one is in the epitome of darkness. Hagas, the coarse darkness, the das, the klipas noiga, of the das element, because we know that Bilam was plugged into the world of Das, but the Das, because that's why he says Veyodeya, he knows, he knew. The Das, the Klipas Noiga, but it's Klipa not Das, Kidu as it is known. Shelazer Bikesh Moshe, which is for that reason we know that Moshe Rabbeinu knew of this lofty place where darkness and light are equal, so Moshe pleaded with God that you shouldn't, you, that you should only bestow your prophecy on us, on the Jewish people, and don't give your Shechina to anybody else. That I and your people should be separated and wondrous in your eyes that you should only communicate with us. Why does Moshe have to ask that? Because Moshe was then exposed to this very, very lofty level where on that lofty level he saw it can go either way. Moshe Rabbeinu requested the Shechina should not dwell amongst the nations. And why would you think he should dwell? Because they're equal before him. High and low is equal. Darkness and light is equal. Defiled and cleansliness are equal. To the ultimate being, everything is the same. Like we find that, that, we find that from, the, from the Tomei can come Tahar. Can come Tahar. Can come the pure. In the heavens above and equally equally on the earth. There's another Pasuk until him says, if I go up to heaven, you're there. And if I go down into, into hell, you're also there. If I go down into the Hineka, you're the Mamish. Can you do as it is known? Which is, and he explains that level, this is the very highest level of sovev, of encompassing light, where we know in a circle, there's no up higher part of a circle or a lower part of the circle. You turn it around, this is up and this is low. And in a sense, that the low and the high, right? That encompasses all four worlds, Atzilus, Asiya, Mamish, Atzilus and Asiya are equal to him. On that level, it's equal the beginning of the kav and the chut, the beginning of that thread, where holiness is so intense, to the end of the thread, where holiness is so diminished, and klipa is so strong, by him, it's absolutely all equal. If, and if this is the level that's going to be exposed when Mashiach comes, who is to say that dafka from that place, klipas are going to fall, and not chas v'shalem, that they have equal access. So, in order to answer this, he's going to, I don't want to stay by this question. 
because it's not a good question to stay by. But what can I do? I don't understand this future explanation. And he's not explaining it right away. He's only continuing asking more questions, and he's going into Aganza. It's going to be answered on page Lamed Gimel. Yeah, on page 33. But I'm not up to 33 yet, and I can't read this. So, um, we're going to stop over here, and we're going to leave it for next week. Please encourage me to do it on Tuesday. I get lazy. This week I was a little tired from Sundays overworking. But I really want to teach twice a week now. I want to finish this mimer. Let's move it. So don't forget to text me and to say, Rabbi, come. For sure. Say, Rabbi, I'm coming. You better be there. She actually came on Tuesday. And I sent her home. I sent her home. I sent her home. I said, there's no shear. I said, Ariella didn't show up because she didn't see the email. So there's no shear. That was it. I didn't prepare, but I... Okay. It was quite a share today. We got some, we got, we got some, some kishmaki and yonim. I made those other copies. I'm going to leave that for Shabbos afternoon if we're going to learn because this week is through the sum of seconds, whatever. Okay, we have to figure that out. Okay. Uh-huh, that's right. We have a promise. There you go. I'm with you on that.